Arcade Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downey, joined as always by my compatriot live via satellite once again, the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Then we're off to a better start than we were last week. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when I'm on these boats, the signal gets all crazy. But uh, hopefully this week we're close to a big dock, so hopefully it'll be better. Well, thus far we are off to a roaring start after last week we had any number of uh, technical difficulties that really put a, put a damper on the show, but... Uh, wasn't for lack of trying on our part just couldn't quite come together for us the way we wanted to blasted technology and such yeah it was a weird one but uh, let's get rolling with this week there's a lot to talk about uh well on the wwe front uh it is extreme rules week um as we head into the uh, raw exclusive pay-per-view in our uh, local Baltimore, Maryland area, as WWE has enjoyed telling us on multiple occasions. And we had the go-home show, which happened to be on Memorial Day this year, and did one of the lowest ratings in the history of Monday Night Raw. I believe the second lowest of all time. That includes holidays... Um, games that were or shows that were up against big games in fact the only episode that did a worse rating was the one up against the first presidential debate of the last uh, election which isn't necessarily surprising but uh, that's two bad ratings in the course of I would say what about nine ten months um and it's it's a it's a bad trend, and normally you would think Memorial Day, you know, people wrapping up a long weekend, you might get a couple extra viewers. Not the case. Um, that is yeah. not doing well for them. Yeah, um, I remember when the when the bad rating came out about the debate, and people were like, "This is this is a record that's going to last a long time." Well you know, a year or not even. And we're here um, with no NBA competition. There was hockey competition, but, you know, it wasn't staggering. Um, I mean, the hockey game did a good number, but not a number that, you know, would blow away uh, wrestling the way that it did. Um, And, you know, generally on on, uh, Memorial Day, the first hour gets a hit and then viewers grow in the second, the third hour as people are, you know, coming in, it's getting dark. Like you said, wrapping up their long weekend and everything like that. And in the summer you see the trend because it's still light out on the East coast uh, at eight o'clock most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so the first hour in the summer is generally lower and then the bill, the, the viewers build, but not this, this, um, and it wasn't like it was a bad episode or anything like that. I think the just interest in the show is down. And, you know, I remember people saying, uh, when people would complain about the, the storylines and the booking and everything, well, if you're going to keep watching, then, you know, you can't complain. Well, I guess people took that to heart and people aren't watching. So the 1.74 rating is really, if they make any excuse for it, they're really lying to themselves. Because here's a here's a little fun fact. 1.74 is worse than all but one WCW Nitro rating. And that was when there was a lot less people that had cable. <laughs> and yes, wrestling was more popular, but Nitro went out of business because it wasn't pulling in enough revenue and ratings. So 
it's uh it's not a good number i'm not saying you know wwe's in peril or gonna go out of business or anything no it's you know the other the other um metrics that you can use to find success in a wrestling company which ratings aren't even really a good one but um you know building attendance for live shows seems to be going well network seems to be going well um so the, i mean they're on the up and up and, and their tv deal doesn't uh, expire until 2019 in which case they re can renegotiate and since you know they're still number one on cable they'll i'm sure they'll be fine but if the numbers continue to drop then um they probably won't get as much money as they want and that's going to cause a lot of uh, domino effect with their stockholders and everything like that. So I don't know what the WWE will do from here, but um, certainly feel like they should do something rather than nothing. Well, they're not being helped by how they decided to build up to this mat, uh, up to this card. A uh, couple of interesting matches, but let's just run through the, uh, the raw results opened up with a uh, promo from the Miz. Uh, excuse me, I should say Miz TV, and his guests were Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, so your three heels hit the ring, and Dean Ambrose comes out, brings out the the uh, the Hardys, and the Hardys end up picking up the victory, headed towards their match at uh, matches, respectively, at Extreme Rules. So, then that's immediately followed up by a confused-looking uh, Corey Graves, who then runs to the back to show something on his phone to Kurt Angle, which I can assume is a, the foundation of a storyline that's headed towards SummerSlam. Do you have any ideas, any any thoughts on what this could be? Or given that they didn't really give us much of anything, except for Kurt Angle said it could ruin him, um, it, do you do you have any thoughts on where they could be going? Um, no, I I mean I assume it's setting up Stephanie to come back. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm not sure what exactly the play is. I I wouldn't say it was done poorly. I think it's an intriguing storyline. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, but besides the, that, I think it'll lead to a Stephanie return, or you know, possibly uh, maybe a Hogan return. There's been a lot of talk about that recently, but I feel like there's always a lot of talk about that. So, yeah, brother. Also on Raw, we saw Samoa Joe win a triple threat between uh, himself, Finn Balor, and Bray Wyatt. Uh, Joe getting an important win ahead of... You, would you peg Samoa Joe as kind of the, the, for lack of a better term, the weakest entrant of this fatal five-way they're having on Sunday? You know, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, Weakest in, in, I guess, believability and chances. You know, are you speaking superficially or are you speaking in the way it's been built? I'm kind of in the way it's been built. Uh, yeah, maybe. Either, no, you know, I would, so superficially I would say Finn. But then he did have that specific promo with Paul Hammond, mm -hmm. um, you know, Bray might be, might be the weakest link. Um, I, I'm not seeing where the connection is. He, I know he comes out and he cuts his Bray White promo and it's delivered very well, but I feel like the power behind his words has diminished so much because they always have him talking. And um, he never wins. And he never wins. And then when he does get us, specialized storyline it's kind of a flop um so i wouldn't i don't know i wouldn't say joe if i had to pick one i would say bray um but yeah i mean they haven't really treated joe that great as far as win-loss record since he's come 
up to the main roster. So Raw went into a little bit of a into the doldrums a little bit before getting to the uh, worst attempt at what I assume was nostalgia in a, another This Is Your Life segment, which is being panned as one of the worst segments on Raw that we've seen in years. Yeah, it was, it was bad on a lot of levels. Um, and it's funny, ironic, I should say, because the, the Rock This Is Your Life, I think, was the highest rated segment of the show. For a uh, long time, might still be. I think it's still the highest rated Raw segment of all time. Yeah, and this one runs the potential of being the lowest. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what they were going for. It, it dragged. It was redundant. It was didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, Alexa Bliss tried. Um, she tried to give it something with her delivery and everything. But, you know, at a certain point, they they completely buried their own business, <laughs> you know, with the the comment was, you know, I wanted Bailey to go out and be cool and, you know, come out and party with me and have a good time. And she just wanted to stay home and watch wrestling. You know, you just buried the whole business. <laughs> So, I I don't know what they were thinking, um, but yeah, that's the reason you're getting such poor ratings is stuff like that. I mean, you know, it makes perfect sense to me, I guess. Um, so that goes poorly, um, and oh man, I can't believe it, my. My cheat sheet just failed on me. I'm just trying to make sure I've got all this up in front of me so we don't miss anything. And that segment managed to kill what I was trying to do. So, uh, for two weeks in a row, Enzo Amore has been attacked. I bought the ingredients. Really? An advertisement displayed? WWE.com, you're the worst. Enzo Amore gets attacked for the second week in a row, and let's just keep this short and simple. It's Big Cass, isn't it? Uh, well, it's certainly what they want you to believe. It's probably Big Cass. I don't see who else it would be. They generally don't do uh, tag team storylines with one person going in and getting beat up. So, you know, the thought was it could be the revival, but they, they you know, extinguished that. Um, I don't, yeah, I guess it has to be a big cast or some sort of swerve and it'll be, you know, Big Show or somebody. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, nobody would call Big Show. I think you would be alone in that uh, prediction. Yeah, I... I... It then would be only if they were trying to set up a program. I remember at the uh, WrestleMania. No, wait, he was trying to get uh, Strowman. He's 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 been thirsty for a program with a big guy, so maybe he could have a program with Cass. But yeah, I mean, it might be the breakup. You know, it's kind of sad though because they never they never got the tag titles. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is kind of strange because they were very over. So I don't, I don't know if it's too soon to do the breakup. Um, it might be a little too soon. Um, but you know, if it is Big Cass, I guess he'll go, uh, go heel for a while. And from there, the main event: Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns in what was a uh, back and forth matchup with Reigns picking up the victory and the booze rained down. So, do we feel like it's Reigns' match to win uh, or Reigns' match to lose on Sunday? Uh, I don't... I, I 100% don't think Reigns will win on Sunday. Okay, hold your, hold your prediction for who you think it's going to be because we'll get there. Uh, but why do you think Reigns does not win... 
I think that the Reigns Lesnar match is a match that they're saving um, for down the line. We have talked about this now that I realize it. Uh, I agree with you. Let's move on because we've clearly discussed this already. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Over to SmackDown, which SmackDown's ratings have been slightly up, at least for the month of May. So good on you, Gender. Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Guests on Kevin Owens' highlight reel, uh, which then turned into a uh, tag team match. Owens and Baron Corbin taking on Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Nakamura takes advantage of the distraction uh, between Corbin and Owens. Hits the the Kinshasa. Kinshasa? Why am I saying this wrong? I've said it right forever. Nakamura hits the Kinshasa, wins the match. Oi, this is this is the epitome of this recording session right now. Uh, good win for Nakamura, and then we get the reintroduction of the New Day as they make their debut onto SmackDown Live. Good to see the New Day back. Yes, I wouldn't have had them interrupt. The Usos mid-sentence, because I feel like that, for a, a second there, people were like, what? Who's coming out? Because um, they couldn't really hear it. And then they got it, and they popped. But yeah, it was good to see them back, and I'm excited to see that match. Do So, do we think... Uh, is there any way the Usos keep their titles? Mm, not for the long run they might i don't know i feel like the first time they meet they're gonna they're gonna lose them um unless something happens but i feel like they're gonna try to drag the program to SummerSlam. so i don't know if that means they cheat and win or there's a dq or something along those lines and then they have the rematch at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. um but i think that they're gonna try to hold that match till then if there's a spot for it on the card right moving on down the uh card from smackdown we had the fatal the excuse me the five-way elimination match to determine a number one contender for the smackdown's women's championship bell never rang lots of high spots including a what i believe to be a completely unnecessary moonsault from charlotte to the outside which then led to the announcement of the first women's money in the bank match yeah it sounds really familiar to something that i said last week if i'm not mistaken to be fair the rumors have been out there for weeks i know i know but (laughs) the wwe i will say it again the wwe is obsessed with charlotte flair's moonsault i guarantee you she will be doing one off of a ladder in the money in the bank match I'm sure. And I think it's cool. I, I I dig the idea. I hope that they don't try to cash it in that night or the next night or anytime soon. I want the I want them to hold it and give it a lot of meaning. I feel like the longer you hold that money in the bank briefcase, the more meaning it has. Um, and hopefully they don't spray paint it pink or anything like that. You know that you know that briefcase is going to be pink, right? I really hope it's not. <laughs> it's going to be pink. I don't even like that it's blue. It has to differentiate the from the blue one so you know it's going to be pink. If they were smart What about white? What about I was white? just about to say that they should make it white because the championship is actually white with blue behind the logo. I think that would make sense. I I would almost be more comfortable with white almost. It you know what as long as whoever gets it decorates it with whatever they want like if it's Charlotte it looks like a peacock like her outfit as of late if it's <laughs> Becky Lynch it's all steampunk looking I'm cool with that. It should only be pink if Natalia wins it. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess so. We got the it's continuation. So looking to begin with, though. 
Yeah. We got the continuation of Brizongo's uh, Fashion Files, which went a little bit black and white, and they actually... Full noir. They dropped a, uh, a joke that I didn't get at first when they said, it's cologne, and it didn't even click until they said hibiscus uh, that they were going up against the colognes, and I feel ashamed. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. And we they saw had, the return uh, of uh, Tyler Breeze's janitor. Yeah, that part. So let's deep dive on this a little bit. What do you think about Breezango and their hijinks as of late? You know, the, the vignettes are good and entertaining. But there's got to be a point where, for me the way I prefer it. Mm -hmm. You separate that from what you do in the ring. Mm -hmm. So you, you can have the craziest out there vignettes. But when you go in the ring, you should wrestle. So like, for instance, Val Venus had the craziest vignettes mm -hmm. over the top, right? When he went to the ring, he wrestled. He didn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into what he could do to fit his character, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so I, you know, just wrestling in the janitor outfit and in the dress and in the trench coat. And it's just like, it's a little over the top. It's, you're never going to take these guys serious as a champion, you know, or a championship competitor. So, you know, it is, it's kind of pigeon holding them in, in that spot. I don't necessarily disagree, although they're being entertaining, and I think they're good. At, they're good in ring, so whatever gets them over and gets them gets them out well, there. And yeah, I mean, hope over time. Much more. You hope over yeah. time they're able to evolve. Yeah, and it's much more than they were doing before. So. Yeah, they weren't getting any time. Now they're at least getting, you know, one to two full segments. Yeah, Tyler Breeze was the guy that everyone was like, you know, man, that's sad. He, you know, he had so much promise and he had this great NXT run and, you know, he's kind of fizzled out and, you know, I wonder if he'll bottom out, get released or something like that. And this has really reinvigorated his uh, usefulness on the show. But it's it's something that has to launch to something else or else they're never going to be considered, you know, in the championship picture. I don't not seriously. At least not long-term. Yes. Uh, after that, we get Randy Orton addressing the uh, the universe uh, <laughs> ahead of... Ugh, I don't like the branding, but it works, I suppose. Uh, anyways, he gets on mic and says that he's going to deliver a, uh, quote, good old-fashioned American ass-whooping or ass-kicking to Jinder Mahal, which is totally Randy Orton. That's that's totally him. Yeah, the guy that was kicked out of the military uh, disgracefully. Yeah, it's very much like, I'm an American, I'm the good guy. Yeah, and he, you know, he talked about his dad and his dad's dad and how they just did stuff and they didn't talk about it, they just did stuff. While he was talking about it. While he was talking about what he was gonna do, I uh, it was a, he... it was it wasn't bad. It was just a an odd choice for the promo. Yeah, the, it got a lot better once Jinder was on screen. Yeah, which who would have ever thought? Uh, and your main event, Dolph Ziggler against AJ Styles. Ziggler picking up the win. Well, they were in uh, AJ Styles' hometown. Which is exactly <laughs> so, what I told uh, my girlfriend watched SmackDown with me, and that's exactly what I turned and told her. No one can win in their hometowns. No one. Yeah, which is... So here's the thing. Here's where it comes back to bite them. Um, so in regular booking, you never beat a babyface in his hometown or their hometown. And WWE always do it because they're like, oh, it'll get a better reaction or whatever. No, it gets, yeah, it gets booed, but then you ruin the rest of your show. 
But if everyone knows that when somebody's in their hometown, they get beat in the WWE, then why should anyone expect anything different from Randy Orton in his rematch at Money in the Bank in St. Louis, which mm-hmm. is his hometown? So it's coming back to bite them here because nobody's expecting Orton to win. And to be honest, if he does, I don't think it's going to get a huge reaction anyway. Yeah, maybe. We'll we'll have to see how that actually plays out, but a little unfortunate they decided to go with their same old, same old with uh, AJ Styles in Atlanta, which is was, I think, a relatively hot crowd for a SmackDown show, um, not right before or after a uh, SmackDown pay-per-view, although Backlash was only two weeks ago this Sunday, so... Yeah, it was a good crowd, um, and they didn't do anything to really destroy the crowd uh, besides AJ losing, which was at the very end. Um, which they probably also, had a dark main event to make him go, to let him go home happy. Well, they had two hundred five live. So. Oh yeah, that's true. I always forget about two hundred five live, like most people. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but uh, I think there was a weird, there was something weird at the end of the AJ Styles Dolph Ziggler match where it looked like the finish was supposed to be AJ had his foot on the ropes, and that was certainly the way it sounded with the commentators. But Ziggler, you know, pulled his foot too far off the rope, and then it just looked like uh, they were trying to do some sort of dusty finish. But it, you know, it just ended up with Ziggler pinning. Styles clean in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Which, so. for Ziggler's sake, that may not be a bad thing. If Same thing with Samoa Joe on Raw. You kind of want Ziggler to seem like a legitimate threat for Money in the Bank in a few weeks. Yeah, they've certainly been trying to give him a nice build, and they, you know, they won't let, ever let you forget that he's won a Money in the Bank match before, and no one else has. Not, you know, not until, not mention, not until three weeks <laughs> from now. Well, not to mention that it's most of their first Money in the Bank ladder matches. Uh, Yes, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I believe. Uh, Was it Sami Zayn? Only one other one. uh, Only Kevin Owens and one other person have been in a uh, Money in the Bank match to this point. I think it was Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think it was. And then, you know, that would make sense because Nakamura, Styles, and Corbin haven't been in that uh, mix. Corbin wasn't so. in the main event picture. Nakamura was on NXT, and Styles was champion. Yeah, so or they weren't in the. He was the very much in that spot. picture. Yeah. Um. So let's take a quick run through of the Extreme Rules card, starting from the bottom: Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Uh, 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 uh Sasha Banks <laughs> is in a cruiserweight f- feud. Yeah, I guess that's where she bottomed out, you know. I don't see why there is not a spot for her in the Raw or SmackDown women's division. It certainly seems like they could use more people in those divisions. Um, well, especially... Raw, Raw has kind of fallen back into, if it's not in the championship picture, it doesn't matter all that much. So, Or it's Maurice. Whereas SmackDown is utilizing every woman they have. Yeah, I get. I mean, and, and Sasha's getting something. Whereas, like you know, people like Nia are completely left off and not even mentioned. So uh, Emma is um, currently hurt. Oh, she is. Emma's out. She's been out for a couple of weeks. No, no, no. I'm She's... saying Nia, Nia Jax. No, not Nia. Emma. Yeah. No, I'm saying Nia was completely left off of raw and hasn't been talked about well Um, no but my point was that the you're when you look through the women that are on raw naya's been left out emma got hurt and it was never a story she just disappeared alicia fox has been buried on 205 live i mean there's not a whole lot to really go for there outside of bliss and bailey and it's just who they've given the time to yeah, it's kind of like maybe they should. Maybe they should throw it... Sasha Banks back in because, you know, 
Bailey and Bliss isn't the hot ticket that you you know I guess they thought. And they you know they've got Mickey James, they've got uh, Dana Brooks, you know they've got other people. Except for none of them seem to matter in the grand scheme of things, which is a little sad. Is it just me or does it seem like SmackDown gets more done in two hours than Raw can in three? Yeah. Yeah, SmackDown, for me, over the last couple of weeks, has been a much more enjoyable show overall, and it might have to do with the fact that it's shorter. I think that's um, a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but Raw, you know, some of the Raws recently, yes, have been very bad. Um, but la- last week's wasn't terrible, I mean, besides that, that segment with uh, This Is Your Life. So, but yeah, it does feel like Raw kind of drags and nothing gets accomplished and SmackDown gets to the point much faster. All right, so uh, Swan and Banks, Dar and Fox, who do you have winning? Uh, Dar and Fox, I guess. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I feel like they're going to try to continue this feud because if they... If they lose, you know, where do they go from there? It's it's kind yeah. of like they need to continue this thing for, for content on 205 Live. Yeah. Um, you know, now that you put it that way, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Uh, all right, I will switch. I was going to pick Banks and Swan because I think Sasha Banks is an instant win there, but... Darn Fox makes sense because I don't see where Banks goes outside of directly to the title picture, which she could, but she doesn't have to win this to do that. Uh, right. So, Cruiserweight Championship, the third uh, singles match, or at least the third pay-per-view championship match between Neville and Austin Aries. Does Aries pick up the victory? You know, I, I've thought that he should have the last two times um you know at this point it's either he's got a win or it doesn't make sense for him to get another rematch and this will be a submission match by the way yeah Um, i think i think aries wins i think it's time yeah i mean in a submission match is there disqualification you know because you got tjp which i hate that name tj perkins (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with Aries, but I could see them messing with that storyline even more when it doesn't need to be. Steel cage match for the Rock Tag Team Championships. The Hardys taking on Cesaro and Sheamus. Do the Hardys finally put away the uh, the uh, Cesaro? I was starting to think of a nickname for him, but then I was gonna sound too WWE. Cesaro and Sheamus losing to the Hardys is my pick, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would have the Hardys go over because I don't. Uh, they've been so protective of them. I don't think they've lost anything since they've come back. No, mm-hmm. Any matches or any anything like they they haven't been made to look weak at all. They were attacked uh, after their last pay per view match, but. They have not, neither of them have taken a pin or lost in any way since they came back at WrestleMania. Yeah, so unless you have big plans, i.e. broken universe plans, um, I would have them win. That's why I have them winning. Uh, Otherwise, the spot monkey, Brother Nero, costs Matt Hardy a championship and starts to break Matt Hardy, but I just don't. I've lost hope in that happening now. I'm very pessimistic. Yeah, I mean, it it seems to change so rapidly each week, that situation. You know, I I think what it comes down to is that WWE doesn't want to set a precedent Mm -hmm. of buying a gimmick, but, like, how many times have they actually considered it? Mm -hmm. You know? And I don't think they would have brought both the Hardys back if... What you know, if the broken thing didn't exist, I mean, maybe Jeff would have come back eventually, and maybe even Matt. But it's like the the quickness and the style in which they were brought back 
uh, was definitely a direct, uh, a direct effect of, of the broken popularity. So I don't see why they would just give up. And I also don't see why they don't want to set a precedent because it's like, it's not like anybody comes over. It's not like you're trying to make Xavier Woods, you know, Austin Creed or something, you know, Co- consequences Creed or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, very different situations, though. Yeah, I guess. Kendo stick on a pole match between oh my God. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. We both agree a Bliss is winning this match, and we're just going to move on, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be brutal. I think there's going to be a lot of stiff Kendo stick shots, just from what I've seen so far from Alexa Bliss, and I'm sure Bailey's going to get. Uh, her receipt on all that but um i don't see bailey coming out as champion okay yeah it's possible that um i don't think so i think bailey's time at the top is over for now intercontinental championship match in what is the stupidest stipulation for an extreme rules pay-per-view if dean ambrose is is disqualified the miz wins the intercontinental championship yeah do you remember Big, Do you remember big problems. WrestleMania 25 when this same stipulation was on for that match between Randy Orton and Triple H for the WWE Championship? And if Triple H, I believe if Triple H was disqualified, he lost the championship, uh, which was really stupid because... It was a really hot feud, and it really iced it cold because people knew there wasn't going to be real intense moments. Yeah. I feel Um, the same thing on a much lower scale. I feel like it almost made more sense in the Triple H-Orton match just because of the build to that where Orton was doing these, you know, like hurting Stephanie and... Triple H like went to Orton's home and threw him through the window and everything like that. So like Triple H and him had a much hotter, more violent feud. And so, you know, as a way to, I guess, play up that, I still don't like the stipulation. It should really only ever go on heels Mm -hmm. or just not exist at all. (laughs) You know, I agree. Um, so, I mean, what's going to happen if, you know, shouldn't the bell ring and Maurice get in the ring and, and start beating up Miz? You if know? you think about it logically, yes, but we know that's not going to happen. So I, I, I assume, I hope they've thought about that, and I hope that they kick Maurice out of ringside immediately. So I could see um, a situation where Maurice does that, Kurt Angle comes out, restarts the match, but Maurice has got to go. Yeah, but that's just so, I mean, that's just so redundant. Like, everyone knows it, you know? Like, if we actually have to go through those motions, that's going to put such a downer on on the actual match itself. I suppose so. Who's winning? Uh, I don't know about winning, but I'm guessing that Miz walks out as IC champion. Okay, well, that answers my question. Uh, That's all I cared about. Yeah. Uh, Because technically, if Ambrose gets disqualified, the Miz wins. Right. So the only way the Miz can walk out is if he wins. Um, Right. So then we get to the most convoluted longest name for a match ever Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe in an Extreme Rules Fatal 5-Way Universal Title number 1 Contenders match Ugh. okay we know Roman's not gonna branding? win I'm sorry is there enough branding oh, you forgot their nicknames it's the big dog Roman Reigns versus the architect or oh, the Kingslayer Seth, Seth Rollins versus the Demon King Finn Balor versus the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt Versus the Destroyer, Samoa Joe. <laughs> there you go. In a gimmick on a pole match. Yes. On a, <laughs> in a number one contendership on a pole match. It's just an empty, 
plastic box. A feast or fire match. Let's have one of those. Oh, oh no. Let's I not. Actually, I, I actually liked those in TNA back in the day. It was a cool idea. So one of them would be they a pink slip, basically, like they get fired. Right. So one, so it was four briefcases for those who are not privy to what we're referencing. It was a TNA match that I believe emanated, started in like the mid to late 2000s. And whenever deal or no deal was very popular. Yeah, I actually think that's exactly what it was. So uh, basically there were four briefcases up on poles around the ring, which was a six sided ring back at the, in that point in time. And I believe it was like a six or eight person match. And the idea was you climb up and you grab one of these four briefcases. Now, Feaster fired, meaning that each briefcase had a contract or something in it. One was a world championship match for the TNA title. One was for the X Division title, which, if you are unfamiliar, was essentially a cruiserweight slash intercontinental championship. And one was for the tag team championship, a tag team championship match, in which the person who won would need to go find a teammate and challenge for the tag team titles. The fourth briefcase was a pink slip, meaning that if you opened it and you were f- and it had a document essentially saying that you're fired, you're gone, you're done in TNA. I always thought that was really interesting, personally. The, 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 just It's like, if I'm going into that match, okay, I'm really only aiming for one of those briefcases. You know, if I'm a smaller guy that, you know, wrestles the high flyer style, then I'm aiming for that X Division title. If I'm a tag wrestler, I'm aiming for the tag. And if I'm, a, you know, a big heavyweight, then I'm, I'm aiming for the world title. Well, that's why that so, match was so interesting, because all the briefcases looked identical. And they basically had it set up where they were all opened at various different times. But basically, the way they kind of built it up is they would open them about the same time, within a couple of weeks, on Impact. And it could you could get some interesting matchups. You could get your big heavyweight in an X division match or you could get a tag team wrestler get a world championship opportunity or you could get the biggest like douchey heel in the company having to struggle with finding a tag team partner so he could challenge for the tag team championships but it also opened interesting opportunities because i believe one year christopher daniels was fired which was strictly kayfabe he still worked for the company I believe he then came back as a different character, which, if I remember correctly, was Curry Man. Uh, and... Yes, a math wrestler named Curry Man. <laughs> I always liked Curry Man. Uh, but the I always thought it, itself, it led to interesting yes, it, ideas. It, it's very, it, it's a starter, it's a fire starter of interesting concepts and stuff, but I just think psychologically... You know, if I'm going into that match, it's best for me to not try to get any of the briefcases than to try to get any of them because I really only have a 25% shot at getting the one that I'm hoping to get. And I also have a, those same odds of being fired. And then I have a twice, I'm twice as likely to be put into a division or a match that I'm not really interested in, you know. So. Well- the idea being that if you're like in the world championship picture, you're disappointed it's not the world championship if you didn't get fired or you didn't get that briefcase. But it's then it's the interesting as a viewer, it's interesting to see kind of how everything plays out. Get seeing somebody like a Scott Steiner, who I don't think he ever won any of these matches, but seeing somebody like a Scott Steiner challenge for the X Division title against somebody like AJ Styles or um Oh, who was big in the X Division at that time? I can't remember. I struggle with with my TNA memories. But anyways, Extreme Rules Fatal 5-Way Universal Title Number 1 Contenders Match. Who wins? Um, 
Finn or Joe, I would say. Interesting, because I have Bray Wyatt winning this match. Yeah? The reason being is I think Bray Wyatt can win. He was just in a world championship match at WrestleMania, so it seems believable. It also is a guy who you know can eat a loss, which he's going to have to do against Brock Lesnar. And But you can also see where Bray Wyatt could have an interesting kind of matchup against Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's just it's It kind of sucks because I don't think Lesnar really wants to work with any of them. Um, well, he's going to work with Reigns at some point. We all know it. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think that'll be WrestleMania next year. Um, him and Reigns. And uh, I guess along the way, these five guys plus Strowman will be who keeps Lesnar occupied. So, I mean, they're, they're all going to get their shot. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of them are going to be successful. So I think, yeah, they'll probably start with Bray or Joe or Finn. And then um, SummerSlam will probably be Braun. And then you'll have one down the way, you know, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. You go through your Seth Rollins and, you know, maybe, maybe they'll hold off and do Joe then or Finn then. And then nobody's successful until WrestleMania, and that's when that's when Reigns will finally get it. I don't know if that means Reigns wins the Royal Rumble or or what have you, but uh, I feel like that's that's kind of the the plan. Do you think Braun um, was supposed to be in this match? What's that? You think Braun Strowman was supposed to be in this match, and it was supposed to be like a six pack challenge? No, no, I think it was supposed to be. Um, Braun versus Roman for the number one contendership, probably in an ambulance match, and Braun would have gone over. Interesting. Probably right. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. So we've got all that taken care of. We're going to try and go to that if we can. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Off the air. But I want to get into a couple of pieces of news. One of them being the... Wrestling Observer Newsletter has reported that Ring of Honor star Dalton Castle, uh, his contract is expiring this month, and he very well may be on his way to WWE soon. What do you think about Dalton Castle, likely headed to NXT, but headed to New York? Well, I shouldn't say New York. That's very old school. Headed up to uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Um, interesting idea, although we've just had Patrick Clark make his debut as a character pretty similar to what Dalton Castle is doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they would stick him with the same gimmick. And I'm not sure he's a big enough name. He's He's a big name in indie wrestling, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure he's a big enough name to kind of have the Samoa Joe treatment where he keeps, or the AJ Styles treatment where he keeps his name and keeps his gimmick and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inter- You know, any of these guys, any of these Ring of Honor guys, PWG guys, the big names in indie wrestling, anytime their contracts are up or they're free agents, the idea is always going to be there. Well, what if WWE signs them? And um, it's not unlikely because we know that, I guess, for SummerSlam, they're going to do Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. And they have a a couple guys on the roster, but their roster in NXT is picked thinner than it's been in a while. So they need some guys for that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, whether it's Dalton Castle or whether it's Adam Cole. Both of um, whom... Uh, now with this news have been linked to WWE in the very near future. Yeah, whether it's those guys or, or others, you know, there's there's always possibilities. I, I think there's even a plan for Brian Kendrick to go down there and work a couple matches, or he did, or something like that. Uh, I don't know if that'll be televised or not, but um, you know, the, the, it's likely. It's likely. Um, I would just worry that 
Dalton Castle isn't going to be the same Dalton Castle in WWE as he was on the Indies. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see how that plays out. You're probably correct. Uh, but we have a little bit of time left over. I wanted to give you an opportunity to fulfill a tease that we've been doing for the entirety of this show. You, sir, have an Austin Aries story that you have told me. You told me on a test episode that we did prior to starting the show. And we have teased it multiple times. And I would really like to get that story recorded and posted for the fine folks to listen to. So would you like to recount your Austin Aries story? Yeah, sure, I can do that. And um, that'll that'll wrap us up for this show. Um, but go ahead, recount your story to finish us out. Well, should, should we get the plugs in, and we'll just tell the story, and that'll be it? We'll do the plugs afterwards. Okay, okay. So, this story, um, I was about... Uh, a little under a year into my wrestling career, maybe nine months or eight months or something like that. Um, so this is a while ago because I'm coming up on my fourth anniversary this September uh, in wrestling. So maybe about three years, maybe about three years ago, yeah, uh, from today. Uh, so I, I, for those of you that don't know, I trained – in Florida, um, with WWE legend, NWA legend, uh, Hall of Famer, Dory Funk Jr. Um, he had two very long title reigns with the NWA World Championship. Anyway, I was uh, training with him for, you know, eight or nine months or so. And then we had been working towards filming this uh mini documentary slash wrestling angle extended wrestling angle with um one of their pros top prospects in in their you know school slash promotion bang tv um and her name was uh hollywood heather and um they were filming this thing called lady wrestler anyway long story short we went to this very historic uh, in in uh, Ocala or just outside of Ocala, Florida, and this inn was you know it's beautiful inn. Um, it, it had I think it had seven rooms and each room was a different theme. So like one was ancient Egypt, one was ancient Rome, and and so on and so on and so on. Anyway, for this thing we were we were doing all this filming, and they brought in um, Austin Aries to work with us. So it was me and the other students, and um, I was on the heel side with, uh, I was kind of like, you know, the 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 heavy for, for Hollywood Heather. I was kind of like, you know, her right-hand man, and she would, you know, I would interfere in her matches, she would interfere in mine, so it was kind of like that dynamic. Um, and on the other side, there was this girl named uh, Jess Powerhouse Hill, and her heavy was Austin Aries. So we were kind of the counterparts to each other. And uh, so we, we filmed this angle and everything like that. Um, that's not really the real story. The real story kicks in after we were done. So we were at this inn for like all day, like 12, 14 hours, you know, um, filming. We, we like smashed a giant flat screen TV with a sledgehammer and did all this brawling. And I threw champagne and an old woman's face and, it was pretty entertaining, and hopefully that footage uh, gets out on the internet someday, um, but has not been released yet uh, for the public. Anyway, so we're done filming, and um, you know we're kind of all just talking. You know, we're just, I'm, I, me personally, I'm trying to get as much information out of Austin Aries as I can about you know what I can do to further my career and everything like that. And, uh, you know, we're talking and then he's like, you know, you guys will like want to go out somewhere, you know, and I'm, everyone's like, sure, that'd be great. Uh, you know, go out and maybe have a drink or, or do whatever. And, um, so we all kind of get into this caravan of cars and, um, we're all driving back to, to sort of the, uh, like the downtown area where there's 
you know, a strip of bars and, and stuff like that. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, I believe it was Heather, who was kind of in the front car in this caravan, pulls off into this parking lot. So we all pull off with her and we're all kind of like parked in a row in this parking lot. And everyone's like, what's going on? Apparently, Dory's wife um, texted Heather and was like, nobody go out with Austin Aries tonight. And which which seems strange, you know. You brought this guy in to work with us, but you don't want him talking with us or anything like that. So, you know, and, and, and Dory's wife had a lot of, uh, she was a big part of the school. She had a lot of power and a lot of control. So everyone kind of made up these excuses like, oh, I've got to do this. Or I've got to do that tomorrow morning really early, so I'm going to go home. And it was kind of like everyone had used up all the excuses and left. So it just came down to me and Austin Aries in this parking lot kind of late at night. Uh, and I didn't, I, it was uncomfortable. I, I didn't really want to like ditch him or anything like that. I wanted to go out with him. Um, but it was, it was, it was kind of this awkward situation. Right. So he was like, well, what if, um, you know, what if we just go grab a bite? What if we, you know, don't go drink or anything like that? He doesn't really drink. I don't think anyway. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's cool. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Alfarius is a longtime, very vocal vegan. I think he's even got a book coming out soon called Food Fight, which is all about, you know, veganism and being plant powered and all that. So he looks up a Mediterranean restaurant and uh, we go over there. We're like the only two people in this restaurant. It's a nice restaurant. And we're eating all these things that I've really never eaten before that point, like hummus and eggplant and all this you know, vegan stuff. And it was really good. Anyway, so we're talking and we, we talk a lot about the business and blah, 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 anything. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, we go home and he, you know, he goes back to his hotel. I go back to my apartment, whatever. The next morning I wake up to a call from Dory's wife and she's basically like, you know, in a very somber tone, did you go out with Austin Aries last night? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we didn't like go out, go out, but we like had dinner. Yeah. And she was like, well, I hope it was worth it because now he's your mentor in wrestling. And, you know, you're not really welcome around here. It, it was strange because I was already leaving and they knew that um, I was already leaving to come back to Maryland. Uh where I'm from, you know, um, the thought was eventually I would go back down. Um, but this was kind of like the, the, the cutoff, the, the severance of, of the relationship, but I never talked to, to Dory about it, just Dory's wife. Um, and she seemed very upset about it, you know? Um, but I, I didn't really see what we did wrong. She was using all this language, like dance with those that brought you to the dance and all this and that. And I was like, no, you don't, there must be a misunderstanding. I, I didn't do anything like, you know, I'm not plotting against you or anything like that. I just went out and had hummus, you know, uh, you know, and so she, she made it a big thing. And, and the joke was, you know, we didn't party, we didn't drink, we didn't smoke, we didn't even eat meat, you know, like we didn't like, you know, it, it was the most innocent thing it could be. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, Austin Aries and I just, um, kind of exchanged, a a tweet or a text or something after that where it was basically like, well, that, that was some kind of crazy. And I guess he got a phone call also. And it was just, uh, it was just strange. So that was kind of the end of that chapter of my wrestling career. Um, and now, you know, it was funny though, because, um, two things really. I was, when I was talking with Austin that night, he was telling me about how he's not sure where his career is going to end up. <laughs> and he was like, you know, well, if I might, you know, if, if I have to go and, you know, bite the bullet and like be a referee or something like that in the WWE, I guess I could do that. Or I could get into commentary or all these other avenues about where his career would end up. So 
but it, it was funny to me because I was like, oh, no, obviously you're going to be like a huge star in the WWE. And, you know, he was kind of trying to play that off. But, you know, we all see how that turned out. And then the other funny thing was I was I was up here years later uh, at a show in Felton, Delaware. And on that show was a guy named JT Dunn, who's a pretty popular name on the Indies. And I was telling him the story and he goes, you're that guy. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I was just with Austin Aries the other week. And he told me the same story. And we were like, Whoa, that's really crazy. Like, you know, Dory's wife is like, I don't see what her problem was anyway, but I can't believe that you're that guy. And I was like, yeah, so I guess it's a, I guess it's a story, you know, you're known on the Indies now as, as the Austin Aries hummus guy, the Austin Aries hummus guy. That's my next t-shirt actually. (laughs) <laughs> I I had hummus with Austin Aries. You know, but it's kind of cool. How many people can say the first time they had hummus was with Austin Aries? Probably a lot, because he probably shows a lot of people veganism. But hey, <laughs> I, I'm not a vegan. I certainly never even pretended to be or tried to be. But I still do enjoy hummus. And all on that fateful night with Austin Aries. Yeah, it was that was a really crazy time, you know. I had uh, I had just sent my friend Paul back to England. He was uh, a wrestler with us down there, and I mean, there's there's a whole that that period of my wrestling career I could fill out a book with. Like he he was a uh, he was from England, um, but he was of African or descent, I should say, and um, so in Ocala, Florida stuck out a little bit yeah so yeah stuck out and um ocala florida is pretty rural it's the it's where they breed and and train i guess all the race horses so it's a lot of farmland and stuff like that and uh paul and i actually got really close um we hung out a lot went to the gym together a lot you know shared a lot of meals together and everything like that and it was it was so strange because it was like our last show that we were both going to be at for bang tv and we lobbied to have a one-on-one match with each other and we had all these spots planned out it was going to be like just a spot fest but it was going to be a pretty good match right <laughs> and um the 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 night before the show he was like because he was he had to go back to england uh like the next week or in five days or something like that he was like hey man let's all go out to this bar his his the guy that he was running a room from was like, yeah, we'll go out to this bar. We'll have a good time. And I was like, I don't know, man. You know, we got the show tomorrow. I think I'm going to take it easy, wake up early, get a workout in. Because we had to be at the building at like 11 or 12 or something like that um, for the show that was that night. So I decided not to go. And then in the morning, um, I I called him because I was like, do you want to go to the gym? He didn't answer. So I went to the gym and then I called him afterwards. And I was like, hey, you ready for me to come pick you up and take you over and he didn't answer again so i went over to where he was staying and i knocked on the door and his roommate or the guy he was renting from answered it and was like oh yeah paul got beat up last night and i was like what do you mean got beat up and he was like yeah we were at the bar and something happened and he's he's in the hospital i was like what it was like so surreal like you never expect a situation to play out like this and so he didn't know what hospital he's in but luckily there was only like two or three hospitals in the area so i just called them all and found out where he was and you know, I walked into his room and yeah, he he had taken a lot of damage. He was his face was like swollen up. It wasn't nice. And he told me the story. He was like, yeah, I guess somebody somebody put something in my drink, um, drugged me, and and then you know, kind of like <laughs> beat beat him up. A, a group of people, I guess. So that sucked. I mean, obviously he didn't make the show, and we didn't have that match. Um, and then you know, a couple of days later, I drove him to the airport. And he went back to England, and then, you know, a few days after that, it was, like, the Austin Aries thing, and it just sucks that he missed out on that, and um, it just sucks, like, that's how that situation ended. But, yeah, that was, like, all within the span of, like, a week or two, so that was, like, the end of my wrestling training in Florida, so it was a very chaotic time. I was already, you know, so I was already out the door, and then for, for Dory's wife to call me and, you know, say basically, like, you're not so welcome back here anymore i was like wow (laughs) you know what a way to cap it off 
you know, I don't know if that's still the case. Um, I haven't really tried to communicate with them. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Eating hummus got you booted from a promotion. Yeah, who would have thought? That one time with Austin Aries and the hummus. Well, it was just it was just a weird thing. It was like one of those like, I quit. No, you can't quit. You're fired type things, you know. But not not exactly the same. It was like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be leaving. Like everyone knew that the last show was my last show, and then, you know, I was gonna do this thing with Austin Aries and then be gone. And then you call me and tell me, hey, you should leave. You know, it was kind of like that. Um. So it was it was just a weird time. Sounds but I'm like glad it, for so... Austin Aries. I think he's doing well for himself. I think so. I think, and so. I think honestly, and I'm not just saying this, but I think honestly he's one of the most entertaining parts of WWE overall right now. I, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. Doesn't get as much as many eyeballs because of the where he is essentially at two in that 205 Live category, but is very entertaining and I know he spent some time in some other promotions impact being one of them uh, very much enjoying his work in WWE I think he's he's doing a fantastic job but that'll do it for us for this week uh, we will if we go to extreme rules we will recap it a bit next week maybe come up with another story to run through maybe live tweet it on Twitter if we're there it's definitely not going to be live tweeted <laughs> okay. They're going to be lucky to get anything out of us during that time. Uh, <laughs> but that'll do it for this week. Uh, stay tuned for all the plugs, and we'll see you next week. Keep up with the show throughout the week by following us on Twitter at Barricade Show. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. And keep up with each new episode at soundcloud.com slash barricade show. Also, subscribe to the podcast. On Google Play and iTunes, just search for Over the Barricade Podcast. Follow Lee Brando on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at LeeBrando underscore. We'll see you next week right here in the Cheap Seats.